All right, we are back Tuesday, talking about our second group, our second team, sorry, in the group of five, uh, second of three teams in a row that we're actually going to talk about, and that is Miami. Miami is one of these teams that tanked last year. I think he did a pretty good job of that. Um, Actually, he tanked in Tartan as well, and he's done a pretty good job of his retooling there. I actually like this retooling better than the one he did in Tartan, um, but nevertheless, we will talk about Miami. This team is its nice because it's set up not only for this year, but I think really to make a run. If he were to get promoted, by the time he gets promoted, I think his team's going to look really good um, for 2024. The we talked about on his pod last year. I like this. I this is it's never um, guaranteed to work, and actually could really set you back like three years if you miss. But I do like what he did last year. Is he really just said F it? I'm going to go and draft a whole bunch of really what I think will be good receivers and I'm not going to touch running back. I'm going to have basically zero running backs next year. And then by the time we get into this year where we're at now, he'll address running backs in that draft. And now he's complimented the roster versus like going with one or two running backs and, and then with one or two receivers last year, he just went with like four receivers. And the reason why I like that is you're probably going to miss on one of them. And if you went with a two and two and you missed on, one of the receivers, you only hit on one. And let's say you missed on one of the running backs, only hit on one. Uh, then you're just kind of like stuck in the middle again. Um, whereas he hit on three receivers, missed on one, and now, and even the one that he missed on still holds value in this league. And now he addressed running back in this most recent draft. There's a lot to like. A lot to like about this team. It's really well balanced. It's missing a star quarterback. And really, if he addressed quarterback, I think like this is where you look at teams and you say, okay, why didn't they get promoted or why did they waste? Why did they fall short of their preseason number four, five, six ranking, whatever it is? And I always hint back to like, all right, well, they're not the most active owners, and and I feel like you need to be somewhat active to really succeed here. Here's the perfect example. We just saw it happen with Cox. So for a while now, Challen's been shopping in the chat. Hey, looking to get rid of Josh Allen, whatever I can get, blah, blah, blah. I can't think of a team that's better suited to take on Josh Allen than this one because he's got two. I mean, it depends. I know this league loves Daniel Jones, or some people in this league love Daniel Jones. But you put Josh Allen on the roster we're about to speak about, I think this team is loaded. But until he gets one, he's screwed. And so Josh Allen gets traded to Cox, who is his main competition. Now Cox, according to Fantasy Pros, hops Miami, all when he probably could have very easily got that done deal with, a deal done, sorry, with Chowan 
a week or two ago, but he's just not active. And again, when you guys listen to this and I say you're not active, that's not like I'm taking shots at you or I want you gone from the league. That's just knowing and seeing the landscape and seeing you missed your opportunity to get a fairly cheap Josh Allen. Just call it what it is, right? I'm not attacking you. Relax. All right, so Charlie, a.k.a. Miami. Sorry, call, guys are in Tartan. Sometimes I just call them by their first name. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, ranked six now. Cox has hopped him since acquiring Josh Allen. His tight end room is where we're going to start. According to Fantasy Pros, is the third best room in the league. It is Mark Andrews, Trey McBride, Luke Musgrave. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is clearly the 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 big dog here in this room. Trey McBride could be very good if Ertz is officially washed and dead. Uh, we won't really know the answer to that question until we get probably into training camp, and maybe Ertz is out for the first six games. At a certain point, maybe it just makes sense for them to move on. Maybe Ertz wants to win the Super Bowl again, and clearly Arizona's not going to do that. And again, Arizona's a great place to retire, so Ertz may want to just stay there. But if Ertz is out of the picture, Trey McBride is a massive winner. And I think that's a guy's stock that we look back a year from now, who could you have bought? And I think most McBride owners at this point in the offseason know that. But if you could somehow, maybe some sleepy leagues with with scrubs, buy Trey McBride on the low, I would encourage that because I think this time next year, at minimum, Ertz is going to be off the team and then the hype train may leave the station, then you can try and sell. But I like Trey McBride there. Luke Musgrave, I said this to uh, uh, Trey guy privately. Like if I didn't love Dalton Kincaid, I've already moved him now. Um, and it's not that I don't like him as a player and think that he's not going to do well. Like I think he will do well. I would have just rather, instead of investing a first in Kincaid, I'd rather just grab Musgrave or Laporta in the third and slept like a baby, right? So that's what I like about Musgrave. And I think, you know, these players can offer appeal to others that maybe are tanking by the time we get kind of time to winning season in this league. It's nice to have guys like McBride and Musgrave. But let's make no mistake about it. This room is just because of Mark Andrews. That's why he's ranked third. If you can't have Kelsey, the next guy you want is Andrews or Hawk. He's got one of those guys. I think that's a massive... Um, advantage. He didn't play well at the end of last year. A lot of that is because you didn't have a Lamar. And compared to last year, two years ago, where Huntley peppered my man with targets, for some reason Huntley decided he's going to suck. If Andrews goes back to the 2021 form, good night. I mean, Miami's going to be a different ball club if he gets a, a, a quarterback. That, you know, it's done. Uh, he, he will also be the other auto-promoted team with Rhode Island. But Again, we keep going back to this. The reason why I kind of like Cox and he keeps making these moves, he's the most active of all these guys in the group of five. Cox is the one that's most likely to get into a position that that can compete or to, can get promoted because I don't see Miami's never been the guy who's active. No, never. Like not no league I'm in. He's never been that guy. He's got like his seven thousand kids. He has, you know, he's like the NCIS guy in real life. Like, he's got a lot of shit going on. So this is where you see teams underperform and get lapped by guys like Cox who are, like, degenerate psychos. Wouldn't shock me that happens here. 
so yeah, that's the tight end room. Go to uh, where are we going next? Fantasy pros. We're gonna go running back. Running back. <clears throat> we got Tyler Algier, Nick Chubb, Damian Pierce, Bijan Robinson, Miles Sanders. This room is headlined by Bijan Robinson and Nick Chubb, having Miles as your three and Damian Pierce as your four. This is just a well-balanced running back room. Yeah, there's only four running backs on this roster because I consider Bijan and Algier the same guy. You know, one only have value, like Algier only has value if Bijan gets hurt, but if Bijan does get hurt, he's got Tyler Algier. Fine. If you're going to get boned having Tyler Algier last year and having him after the draft this year, at least have you know, you want to have him on a team where you had 1.1 so you can pair him up with Bijan and now he's not a completely useless asset but this is going to come down to Bijan and Chubb doing their thing and then Ken Miles and Damian Pierce just give you similar results to last year and there's reason to believe that Miles Sanders will actually probably give you an increased total over last year I'm not saying he's going to be some RB1 but he you know instead of 216 maybe he gets you 270 with a little bit more workload in in uh, Carolina, they didn't have in Philly. Doesn't have a quarterback. It's gonna be, you know, running the the option, read option on the goal line. Like probably just gonna go to Miles Sanders in a traditional set. Uh, a lot of hate on Damian Pierce and Vols this league. I don't know where this hate is coming from. People like want to believe in. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the cat that came from Buffalo? I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. I don't. You know, look, I think it's just we have history of, like, the guy gets injured halfway through the season or towards the end of the season, you just, like, forget about him. Like, Damian Pierce was killing it for a while. Yes, he doesn't catch the ball a ton, but he says he still had 30 receptions last year in 13 games. Like, you get two or three extra free bonus points in PPR. It's not like the guy was, like, allergic to catching the ball like Nick Chubb is. Um and we're looking at a guy who, who when he finally took over the backfield, 9, 18, 25, 20, 15, 15, 14, 12. And then he hits the rough patch here, 3, 4, then 13, 12. So it's not like, I mean, to, to assume he's going to have the three and the four-point games he had at the end of the year, that's a hotter take than going with the data points we have here, which is like the guy clearly was getting... 25 touches and anywhere from 80 to 130 yards a game. So, I don't know. I don't know where this Damian Pierce hates coming from. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Look, I'm not going to sit here and defend Gators ever. If you want to be right on that, great. This is another smear on the program of Florida. Um, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, man. Let's just call it what it is. I think Nick Chubb is probably... I'm trying to think of another guy that's kind of like this. Like Reggie Wayne comes to mind too. Andre Johnson. There are these like guys that I just feel like will retire right off into the sunset and people will never appreciate how good he was. And I think the fantasy community just kind of poo-poos on him because he was never like the PPR guy. And that's a fair thing to say. And it's a fair criticism here in this league, which is PPR. But just let's just talk from the real world numbers. Like Nick Chubb has been incredible his entire career. Uh, first year, thousand yards, fifteen hundred yards, just under eleven hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards. He's never had a year where he's had less than eight touchdowns. Eight, eight, twelve, eight, twelve. As much as we want to say about catching the ball, 
He's had 20 receptions in every single year of his career. He's never had a year, statistically, where he's been under 1,100 yards when you combine everything together. And he's had two years where he's had over 1,700 yards. Like, I mean, the guy's just an absolute unit. And most of these years are playing with bum at quarterback. I feel like his yards per carry average. Yeah, that was a comment in the chat earlier about yards per carry. Let's just look it up. I feel like Nick Chubbs is like so high. I don't know what the number is going to be. I'm going to guess 5.3 yards per carry or something like that. 5.2, pretty close. 5.2 yards per carry. And again, I don't feel like anyone out there in the NFL community, again, take Fantasy Dynasty out of it, ever like truly gives them the respect like, He's a bona fide top five NFL running back, like career wise, over the last. Like, if you think of the last 10 years and you think of the best running backs in, in the NFL, I don't think Nick Chubb makes the top five in a general conversation. Right? So, anyway, that's just my rant on Nick Chubb. But I like this running back room. Yeah, could you acquire a fifth guy? Sure. Um, I don't see the need to do that right now. So, that's his uh, running back room. Oh, by the way, Nick Chubb, I think I've added this on someone else had Nick Chubb, or maybe this is Tartan I'm getting confused by. Like, outside of Jerome, I mean, I love Jerome Ford. The fantasy community seems to love Jerome Ford now, too. Um, I mean, there's no Cream Hunt. They didn't invest anything. Dearness Johnson walked. Like, Nick Chubb should get even more work than he usually gets. And again, I think Deshaun Watts is probably going to make a big step up here in 2023. So if that whole offense goes crazy, you could see these touchdown numbers get, you know, above 10, above 12. God forbid, you know, he catches an extra 20 balls. Now we're looking at could be a top three running back this year. So anyway, that's my take on that. And Bijan is going like RB3 or RB2 or RB1 and even redraft drafts. So, I mean, Jesus. Let's go to running back – or sorry, wide receiver next. It ranks 11th in the league. Quinton Johnston, Drake London, DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, Alec Pierce, Jalen Waddle, and Jamison Williams. So, Drake London, Chris Olave, you know, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf. I mean, these guys should give you, you know, at minimum wide receiver two numbers at every single one of those positions, if not wide receiver one. I, I, to, to be fair, I think you've got a whole bunch of, like, the back-end wide receiver ones um, and mid-range twos. Uh, like, I don't think is going to put up redraft wide receiver one numbers, even though he's probably a dynasty wide receiver one. Same with London. I think Jalen Waddle, you know, could sneak into the back-end of the wide receiver one category. But you have enough of these guys to where it should not should be fine, right? You don't think you have to have, you know, C.D. Lamb and Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase on the same team in best ball in the group of five. I would have a different tone to this in the Prem. But in the group of five, you know, there's really only five competent owners right now. Um, so, and one of them I, I haven't seen really make moves to really get better. So, really, you're looking at four competent owners that can win the league. As long as you're in that mix and you stay healthy, there's a good chance, you know, you're fine, and you have the trump card, which to me is Mark Andrews. All right, so that's typically going to be your tiebreakers. Where's how good is your tight end when you're factoring some of these similar teams? And 
God forbid Quentin Johnston hits. And I like Quentin Johnston more and more. The 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 landing spot, the new OC, kind of Herbert, the whole thing. But I think it's realistic to think maybe it isn't going to be this year you see the fruits of that. Maybe next year. So that could be a piece you dangle as, again, you get closer to the end of the season and you start to have to make those money moves. Jamison Williams, another guy, kind of fits into that same mold. It's like, I don't love that he got suspended for six games because you dealing with a guy who missed most of his rookie year. He's going to miss half of his second year. Just naturally, when you see guys like that, they don't always pan out because, I mean, no one can take two years off. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. He was the fifth, fourth or fifth best quarterback in the NFL. Came, took two years off, basically, and came back and looked like he was lost. Right? It takes time. And he, in a Deshaun Watson, had five all pro years under his belt or whatever it was, three or four all pro years under his belt. Jameson Williams is a rookie, right? And he got hurt. So he missed all it's not like he was just like suspended for the last two years like like a Ridley or like a Watson. Like he was hurt, he couldn't even do some of the things that he wanted to do. So that concerns me about Jamison Williams. If I can cash in on Jamison Williams, I would. Even though I do like him in best ball in CFP, for example, more than his value in Tartan, where where others have him there. But at least Jamison Williams for you would offer that like kind of boom guy. You don't have a lot of boom guys, in my opinion. You have a lot of like solid, going to always get you 10 to 25 points. You don't have like the 30 guy. I'm not saying James Williams is going to put up 30, but you kind of get what I'm saying. He's like, uh, in one play, he can have a 65-yard touchdown. It wouldn't surprise you. Like I don't think you have a ton of those guys on this roster. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Quarterback, there's two guys, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett. So now... Go back and think of how I opened this podcast and saying if he had just had like Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, and he got Josh Allen on the cheap. Like I guarantee, I shouldn't say guarantee. Guarantee is a strong word. Would it have shocked me if he said, "Okay, I'm going to give you Chowen, Jamison Williams on a three, and Kenny Pickett on a three, and you're going to give me Josh Allen on a one and Keenan Allen on a four? What he's done now is, yeah, you lose Kenny Pickett, but you got an alpha quarterback one, at least a top three quarterback, period. Right? There's no arguing that. And you got Keenan Allen, who, yeah, is probably going to give you a year max, maybe two, or sorry, a year, maybe two max of really good numbers. But you know what you're doing? And it sounds weird to say this with the wide receivers. You're almost handcuffing your receiver room. Because now, if Keenan, when Keenan dies, whether it's due to injury this year, or it just is like in two years he just retires. Well, you got the next guy in line to get those targets, which is on your roster in Quentin Johnson. You're hedging your bet there. Had he made that offer, I kind of believe Chown would have taken that. Seeing what he did accept, like Chase Brown on a four. Who gives a shit? Jordan Love on a four? Gross. The key there was getting the first, right? And so you could argue, is Jameson Williams worth a first? Um, and then getting... Kenny Pickett to me is better than like Chase Brown and getting James Williams is infinitely better than getting Jordan Love. So that's that's kind of where I'm going with this. So yeah, I mean look, if Daniel Jones repeats what he did, okay, you know, back end quarterback one numbers. I don't know if I'd want to bet my entire future because I think it's more important 
Yeah, sorry. Uh, Liberty just called me, so I think I lost my train of thought. I think maybe I was talking about Daniel Jones, and yeah. Just don't think I'd... Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I know what it's talking about now. Sorry, guys, that was a little rambling. Um, I think it's even more important for you to get this right and not rely on a guy like Daniel Jones. He could end up working out totally. And if you want to gamble on it, good on you. Because you know what? I, I think it's so important for a group of five teams to get it right. Because you got to get out of there. right? You Especially when you have a roster that looks like Miami that could... I guarantee you if he gets promoted, he will safely stay up next year. Because he's not going to lose anybody. He could actually, as a contract stand right now, keep every single player on his roster and go into the Prem next year. He's not, I mean, literally, not even going to lose one player as it's currently constructed from this roster. No one else can say that in the Prem, or in the group of five. So if you get out, you've almost guaranteed yourself that you won't get relegated. I think that's super important. And you got to, like, like Delta State did, and Cal did. You got to do whatever it takes to get out because your team is ready, contract wise, to compete next year. It's, it just makes so much sense for a guy like him to co- have been in on the Josh Allen thing. For him to not do it, it you know, not that it ticks me off, but it's just like you get frustrated because you see this roster that's like ready made, you know, but you put, you know, you put Grandma in a Lamborghini. And she's only going to drive at 50 miles an hour max. It's kind of what I look at with Miami. Uh, let's look at some of Miami's moves and drafts and kind of talk about it. He didn't make a ton of trades. Um, back on and back in February, he traded 2.3, 2.7, 4.24 for 1.8. Um, I know that was actually with me. In hindsight, I probably wish I had kept 1.8. Uh, I think, I think the, the 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 way the draft kind of unfolded, the picks just weren't the the value really wasn't there like it was in previous years. In my opinion, I could be you know there could be others who feel d- different, but now I've had to kind of rework you know, my I've had to kind of reverse all of my trades and kind of eat value in some capacity to like go get a running back now which what I would have been able to do at 1.8 then he trades 1.4 for 1.5 and 5.2 that's with Florida so he moves back one spot and he picks up 5.2 let me see something here before I comment on that officially yeah I mean it's interesting because he basically gave up Jameer Gibbs there in that in that trade um, and only got back 5.2. It's a win for Florida. Miami ends up at 1.5, taking DK Metcalf. I mean, it's hard to fault him for that. I, I, I'm a JSN guy, right? So, you know, I'm not as high on DK Metcalf. JSN actually goes the next two copies, six and seven to Tennessee and Clemson. You know, I guess guys that were still on the board that could have been in consideration for him is probably Josh Jacobs, maybe a Tony Pollard, a TJ Hawkinson. He does get Mark Andrews with his next pick at 1.8. Bijan at 1.1. So it's hard to be too critical of him. I I guess if I was going to take TK Metcalf at 5, I would have traded back. I guess that's where I would be critical of him. Because I'm fine, obviously, clearly fine with Bijan. You can trade 1.4. I would have, 
I think you may have been able to get more value unless you thought Gibbs was going to fall, in which case you just got kind of screwed. I just don't, I guess I just don't like the DK pick. At I like the pick. I don't like where it was made. I think if you actually flip this, if Andrews, who ends up getting at eight, went five and DK went at eight, on paper, I'd actually like that more. It sounds stupid because at the end of the day, it's the same fucking result. But that's just the way my mind works. Um. Anyway, all right, let's get back to the trades. What else did he do trade-wise? Uh, a couple other where he trades up and trades back moves. So I'm not going to talk about those. That's all within the draft. We're talking about like up or down, like three spots. Trades Jalen Waddle in a four. Or he gets Jalen Waddle in a fourth for a first and a second. I heard a lot of the trapey comments in the chat, and this is where, look, you know, you can. I've told you many a times you can re- record reaction podcasts and I will upload them. I will never stop lines of communication. You look at his roster, people are like, oh, why would you do that for a two? Jalen Wall on a two. Like, this, look at his roster. Do it right now before you comment or make any stupid fucking little nasty snarty comment. And go look at his team. That is Jalen Waddle on a three. That's the difference. And when you guys are, and when other, I know Trey God does this, I know a lot of savvy owners do it. You go looking at owners, especially guys that are on ones, right? That have a slew of guys, shitty guys on ones. If you have your one one year guy, you go to him and say it's basically a two year guy. This is no different, except instead of a two or instead of a three, it says a two. But when it comes time to tag, he's going to tag Waddle. And he's a Dolphin fan. This is just like doing your homework. So to him, he looks at it as a three-year Waddle. If it's a three-year, if there was a three-year Amon Ross St. Brown or a three-year um, T. Higgins or a three-year, I don't know, somebody else, like he would easily go for a first and a second. But the only reason why the, the comments come up is because he's technically on a two. Like, hey, don't be mad at me because you didn't do your homework. I like that trade for him because it gives him that high end, the highest end wide receiver he he now rosters, and it's a young piece, so it's still part of his young core. Like, and that's what you do got to like about Miami's team. It's a really good young roster. Every one of these contracts that he has, he will absolutely see that out. On they will they will see it out on his roster. Nick Chubb's on a one. Okay, so if he dies next year, who cares? He's going to tag him anyway, unless he gets an incredibly good tag later on in the process. Other than that, there's no one old on the oldest player on his roster, not named Nick Chubb, is what, Miles Sanders at 25? I don't know how Mark Andrews is. Maybe he's 26, but it's tight end, so it's a different, you got to look at that differently. This is a really good young roster. So I said, if he gets promoted, he's, he's in good shape. Um,. Any other trades before I part ways here? Oh, then he traded Jamison Williams in a four for a first and a, in a third, but that was a mistake. Fat finger could have been reversed, or it was reversed later on. Um, kudos to Miami, you know, for doing that. Some people don't do that in this league. I won't name names, but there's a history of people not reversing mistake trades, which is pretty shitty. Um, yeah, and and it wasn't like that much up in arms over that offer or that trade if it had standed if it stood sorry can't talk and we're only talking about the difference in a three and a two and James Williams hasn't done shit compared to what Jalen Waddle's done 
Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. Just a podcaster for a $50 league, boys. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to see him address a quarterback. I'll just kind of go graze the landscape of CFP. Um, I'm not going to use my players because everyone gets, gets all freaky about that. So just podcasting to pump his players up. Um, Joe Burrow on a one. There's Dak Prescott out there on a one. I'm just trying to think of cheap guys you can get, or cheaper guys you can get. I even kicked the tires on Tua on a one. Um, he's on Florida, and I think he's kind of rebuilding, right? So there may be a, a mutual trade there. Kind of again, he's going down the line here of different guys. Challenge got too many four-year guys for you to take on those contracts. Russell on a three doesn't make sense. Justin Herbert on a one. Two. There's two copies of Justin Herbert on a one. I'd probably kick the tires on those. It'd probably be tough to get some of these guys because it looks like most of them are on win now teams, which again it just makes it even more clear why that challenge trade was like the perfect match for everyone involved. Just sucks you missed out on that. Now broken record at this point, but it just like I do get just annoyingly fired up, which I shouldn't over teams when it's not in my control, like missing out on really good opportunities to kind of like solidify their spots. Yeah, because other than that, there's like not a ton of teams that are probably going to move their quarterbacks. Everyone else is kind of set. I mean, URI's not moving Justin Herbert. Navy's not moving Justin Herbert. The more I look at this, I don't know where you're going to get a quarterback at this point. But not my problem. I'm in the Prem. Uh, that's Miami, y'all. Have a good one. Rainstorms ain't nothing to mess with, but I can't feel a drip on the strip. It's a trip. Ladies have dressed, pull of your quip, and they be screaming out. So I'm thinking I'ma scoop me something.